0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. I'm Chad. And my name is Peter. Hello. And today, we're going to talk to you about things we wish we had known in the beginning.
1: Yes, indeed. Things I wish I'd known. In a way, this whole thing really is a things I wish I'd known thing. Uh, But I think there are a few kind of big, obvious ones that are things that, I feel could have just been directly told to me by a more experienced bar gig musician, bar musician, and uh, I've got some bullet points prepared for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. I think the first big thing of uh, the things I wish I'd known, and this kind of is related to imposter syndrome, <clears throat> but the this is possible. That's kind of, I know it sounds... Overly simplistic, obviously I'm doing a podcast about it, obviously I do it for a a job, you know, full-time job, and I am absolutely in the best part of my career so far. And uh, so yeah, on some level you're like, okay, yeah, sure, it's possible, duh, just like winning the lottery is possible or something. But what I mean is that it is not just possible, but it's likely, it's very doable. It's not a high climb, it's not a tough climb. Uh, to get to the spot that I'm in. And it's a great spot. I'm not going to lie about that. But it's not a it's not a serious climb, really. It's just a steady climb, one foot in front of the other. So I think the feeling, what happened to me with this was in the first years of doing this full-time, I've been doing this full-time for roughly six years. Um, The first couple of years, maybe three or four years, it still just felt like, there's no way that I can do this, right? And make and make a really serious, stable living doing this. No way, surely not. And whether or not I was saying that, I wasn't saying it explicitly. I was saying it in the back of my mind somewhere. It was just this kind of like doubt voice. So obviously I was acting as if it were possible. I was working hard on it. But somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way. Really? No. Surely not. Really? No. I got. There's no way. And so I was kind of like second guessing it subconsciously early on, early on for the first couple of years, really. And what that manifests itself as is undercharging, overbooking yourself, overworking yourself, undervaluing yourself, yourself, because you think that what you're asking for is impossible and it's just not impossible. It's very possible. You have real value. I mean, I don't know what you're like. So the individual cases may vary, but as a musician, if you're an artist who's any good and you have a personality that's any that's any good and you have the right equipment, frankly, and know how to use it, you are valuable and you're worth money in these bars and restaurants. Yep. Um, so it's possible. It's doable. It's something that – imposter syndrome is just something you you might always have to deal with. I do a little bit, but, I mean, I think everybody does a little bit. Um and I, I, part of that, actually, I just recently heard this in a Seth Godin book that I'm, I'm listening to. He's a great marketing guy. You should check him out. Um, his book is called The Practice and he's talking about imposter syndrome. He says, yeah, the re- I have imposter syndrome all the time. The reason I have imposter syndrome is because, uh, and I'm you know, paraphrasing here. Don't, I'm not quoting. The reason I have imposter syndrome is because I'm doing new stuff that I've never done all the time. And that's because, you know, you're kind of an imposter. You're doing something brand new every time. My first time playing in, a, I don't know, an upscale restaurant or a, or a country club, you are going to feel, I've been doing it. Maybe I've been doing it five, five years, but my first country club or whatever is going to feel like, do I belong here? Where do mm-hmm. I fit here? Do sure. am I valuable here? What the hell are they doing? <laughs> hiring me here? Like, yeah, so anyway, as usual, you're starting to get used to this. I'm sure by now, but a long winded way to say a thing I wish I'd known in the beginning was that this is in fact possible to, uh make music your full-time job. If that's not your goal, it's even more possible to do it as a little part-time thing. Super easy. So take heart. If you keep putting your feet one in front of the other and keep working, it will happen. Um, Okay, here's the second thing, which is, uh, these are kind of, looks like they're all going to be a little bit related. I mean, this is all one career, so it's all going to be related in that way at least, but you don't have to, nor should you, Take every single gig that comes along and maybe and that's going to slide on a scale as you progress Um, early on. It's going to be a little more like, yes, take every gig. But uh, something that I've learned that has really changed the the earning power and my personal sense of satisfaction about it and so many, so many little things about this job for me was realizing that I don't need to take every gig and if a gig doesn't fit I just I don't need it um that that's going to roll into your personal finances you need to save your money and you need to have money saved up that's a different topic and we're going to get into that for sure it's a very important one but I mean if you're desperate for money you got to just do something else for a little while first um but that's again a different topic the what I'm really trying to get across here is you don't have to take every gig. You shouldn't take every gig. And um, there's a lot to say about that, actually. There's a lot to say about choosing the right
0: gigs. And, again, I know I keep doing this, but there will be an episode about that. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Chad? So should this be your mentality even from the very beginning when you're just starting off?
1: I think to an extent, yes, it should. But it should it should be on a sliding scale. Like for for me right now, I will just – I'm still very polite about denials because you, uh you know, you have a reputation. People are calling you. They book music. They know people who book music. There's a reason your name got to them. Sure, and situations so change. Always yeah. be polite. But basically what I'm doing now is when somebody new approaches me for a gig, there are three days a week I do not book gigs, period. I'm considering – it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, Wednesday, I'm, th- I'm open to booking a gig, but I charge exorbitant rates for that day because I don't want to fucking work on Wednesday. I want to have three days – not even off. I'm doing stuff like this. You know, I'm not saying I'm like sitting yeah. in a beach chair, but yep. you know, some of it is sitting in a beach chair. You need to do that too, but um, you know, I I have other things I want to work on as well. So I'm trying to make as much money as I can in those four days. I was thinking about dropping Thursdays because Friday, Saturday, Sunday are so beautiful for me right now. It's just like really ringing the register every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm just kind of just thinking of the marginal gain I can get from getting that extra Thursday off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, my Thursday, my fairly regular Thursday gig pays pretty well. I, I sometimes make four or five hundred bucks on that Thursday, so times four a month, that's it's not like that. Let's say average, it's three twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's three twenty-five a week. Times four, four weeks in a month, that's what is that? Uh, six fifty plus six fifty is thirteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Thirteen hundred bucks a month. I mean, that's not nothing. But four extra days off a month to work on stuff is also not nothing. So I'm, that's the way I'm thinking of my schedule. Um, and I think that it, it will benefit you to think of your schedule like that from the beginning. Say, I'm not working Mondays or Tuesdays. Plus, Mondays and Tuesdays, there's there aren't very good gigs generally on Mondays yeah. and Tuesdays, except for like Memorial Day is on a Monday, well, Monday stuff like that.
0: generally is hospitality night for the industry workers right that's so. an
1: interesting point um i mean i've had monday gigs and that's like i said in the beginning i did say yes to everything i had my schedule at a certain point a couple years in after a two years of the policy of say yes to everything basically sure. my schedule turned into there was a two week block 13 nights in a row one night off repeat that was it I had one night off every two weeks and some of those were just single gigs so i was i was only out for 5 hours um, including setup and breakdown and all that, but it's still a night that you can't get away. Mm-hmm. It's still, even in the, you, you wake up in the morning, or back then I was waking up in the afternoon, um, you know, you wake up and you're still like, oh, I got a gig in three hours or five hours or, yeah, or six hours or seven hours or whatever, but you're like, I've got, a, if you're a waiter, you know this feeling. If you got a shift at night, you wake up and you're not like, cool, I got like the morning off. You're just like, oh, fuck, I got to work later. Mm-hmm. So I better not get into anything too fun exactly. you know, kind of thing. Bad you know, so, or productive. More productive even, yeah. So anyway, you, you need days off. You need weekly days off. Don't do what I did. Don't take every gig. Don't book your schedule to the gills. Um, although it did help me learn something, which I hope to impart to you uh, without you having to go through the pain that I went through to find it out. Um I'm just gonna allude to that. Sneak away. You think I should keep rolling on that? All right. So, the learning experience. One of the best learning experiences that I experiences that I got from doing that to my schedule, the uh, taking every gig thing, was. Uh, I booked and booked and booked and booked and booked, and I f- saw my schedule and I said, "Man, 13 nights in a row. Some of these are a lot of these are doubles. There are three or four doubles in there." I was making decent money. I'm making more money now than I was making then, though, which I think should be telling to you a little bit about what, for instance, like Mondays and fucking Tuesdays are worth, right? I don't play Mondays and Tuesdays anymore, and I still make twice as much money as I did when I was playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Repeat, you know what I mean? That wasn't exactly it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, um. Yeah, four days, four days a week I work. Two of those are doubles every week. Two are not. And I make twice as much money as I ever did working 13 nights in a row. It's anyway, back to my point here. So the thing that I learned, I booked my whole schedule up at basically what is now below my floor rate. But at at the time it was my sort of flexible floor, which I encourage you to consider yourself, uh, having a flexible floor, slightly flexible, but still a floor and, uh, like a trampoline floor, you know what Mm I mean? (laughs) Um, well,
0: give or take,
1: yeah, yeah, right. Um, man, I'm just losing my train of thought. Okay, I'm back. So, uh, <laughs> I booked myself, I had these 13 nights in a row. I'm not going to tiptoe around it. Uh, I was booking, I'm just going to tell you the rates I was booking at. I was booking 50 bucks an hour, was kind of like my idea of where I should be. Um, I would take less than that if it like fit my schedule, which again, I was take, saying yes to everything, so. Anything I didn't have a gig on fit my schedule. It wasn't yeah. like oh Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, it was like cool Tuesday afternoon. You're paying. All right, I'll take 125 bucks for four hours. Not joking. I played a gig like that. Um. <laughs> anyway. Oh my. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, I, I, and you know honestly, part of what that is is I know if you're a waiter right now, that sounds fucking awesome. You go into a restaurant, you get served free food and drinks. Uh, you play for four hours. You get to have breaks and eat on the clock. Mm-hmm. Um. You, you can sit in a chair the whole time if you want. Yeah. You play guitar for four hours. Your shifts are probably six hours if you're a waiter or seven sometimes, you know, um, including cleanup. You're fucking cleaning up the kitchen or bathroom or whatever for free. For free. free. That's how the service industry works if you're listening overseas. The service industry in the United States, basically the restaurant does not pay you. You get your tips from the customers count as your wage. So your restaurant, your employer, quote-unquote employer, um, doesn't have to pay you minimum wage. They pay you like 12 cents an hour or some shit, and your tips, your tips, the restaurant does not have to pay waiters, basically. The the customers pay waiters. Anyway, so what they'll do sometimes is they'll basically use you as like indentured servitude. They're just like, here you go, Uh, now you have to clean the, I know there are no customers paying you your wage right now. But now you got to go in the back and clean the fucking potato station because you're my employee, mm-hmm. and, and you're making twelve cents an hour, and you're just cleaning out the back, bro, sister, friend. Just don't do it. And, but anyway, that's <laughs> anyway that's how you can look at it in the beginning. You're like, man, this is so much better than waiting tables. I'm making twelve. If there are no customers, you don't make any fucking money as a waiter. You get base pay as a musician, or you should, for the most part. Um, so yeah. Anyway. I get how you could want to take these gigs and think they sound juicy, but there's better stuff out there. You're more valuable than that, trust me. Um. Anyway, so the. Thing, God, t- well, I again. imagine
0: that's going to be difficult in the beginning too, right? Because you're you're going to want to take because you don't really know yet. You, it's it's a whole, new, whole yeah. new thing to you.
1: And and you know you should probably I'm not I'm I'm going to waffle a little bit here. none of the stuff that I'm saying or almost none. <laughs> there we go. None of the stuff or almost none of the stuff I'm saying is going to be like concrete every single time rules. I am a man of science, right? So I don't really like to talk like that. Anyway, Mm -hmm. only Siths deal in absolutes, you know, do you think (laughs) (laughs) so? So there'll be times, especially in the beginning where you do, okay, I have no gigs. I have zero gigs and someone's offering me a Tuesday. Sure. Pick it up, you know, and do one twenty-five an hour and get some experience. You know, there's something to be said for that too. Those lower paying gigs, I can command a a higher rate than I could before because I am better. I'm just better at my job and more professional and I'm, just better yeah. you know so there's some of that too Um, obviously but I I just want you to start thinking in this so it's going to be a it's not a one size fits all thing here think about your situation if you have zero gigs take a gig if they're giving you a hundred bucks you know and, and kind of get your feet wet and start feeling out what it's like make a contact I mean honestly people who are paying a hundred bucks for three four hour gigs are probably not going to be great contacts moving forward but that's okay. It's still experience. Like there, I'm trying to try to soften this a little bit. So it's like, don't take any gigs unless they pay you like $50 more than you were expecting. You yeah, know, like yeah. don't do that. But, well, but you should, I want you to think about your schedule and your time, um, as a valuable thing. And that is worth, it's worth a, a, it's worth a good rate, and and it's gonna vary. I, I I hate to I can't really commit to a rate, but I think fifty bucks an hour should be your absolute bare minimum floor, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is gonna vary from market to market. We're gonna. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing from you guys out there who are maybe doing this in other markets. I want to hear about you. But here in Florida, in the, Florida. these bars and restaurants in South Florida, Southwest Florida specifically, there's high demand for it. Charge your rate, don't blink, and if they absolutely come back at you and say, like, look, that's the top tip, top of my budget is this, but the tips are great, which has happened to me, I'll say, okay, let's give it a shot, and I'll go, and if the gig's great, mm-hmm. and the pay is a little below my floor, I'll do it, and I have a gig that's every single Sunday that the, the rate is a little below my floor, a little below my floor, but the guy said, look, the tips are insane here, trust me, and they have been absolutely insane there, so I stick with the gig, you know? Um, Anyway. Man, I'm still getting around to what my <laughs> – I had a point about this. The thing that I learned about the booking my whole schedule up 13 nights a week thing is to look at this through a slightly different lens, through the supply and demand lens. It made it very clear to me, and uh, this is another kind of tactic you could take. I, I don't mean to to kind of go back on my own word here, but if you book your whole schedule up like that at a certain rate, um, I, I would like – I'd like you to think of having two days off at least Monday, Tuesday every week, right? Just don't book them. But if your whole Wednesday through Sunday is all booked up at a certain rate, you start asking for more money. That's how it goes, you know? Obviously, the market is saying, at that rate, you are fully booked. That means there is some upward pressure on your pricing. Increase the prices. Pick your least favorite gig and say it's 25 bucks more an hour or something, you know? Or pick the one it doesn't maybe not even your least favorite, Maybe that's not the way to look at it, but pick the Wednesday gig. you know if you got Monday and Tuesday off and you're working Wednesday through Sunday, look at that Wednesday gig and say, uh, I need 25 bucks an hour more to do this, or I'm going to take my three day weekend every week. Yeah, you know um, and what'll start to happen is gigs will filter out of your schedule and somebody will come along and okay, I've got a gig booked on three of my four Saturdays or whatever. And somebody says, hey, man, I need you to come Saturday. What can you do? And I charge him 50 bucks an hour more than my regular Saturday thing. And I'm like, look, this is the price for the thing. Um, I can, like, slowly – I can grab onto this guy and say, look, I've only got one Saturday this month. But I'm going to give you preference for the following month. You can have all the Saturdays at that rate, you know. And it will replace that prior gig that was booking you three three of the four yep. a month, right? Yep. And you can use this kind of like – uh." leverage this leverage and go back to the original gig and say, I love playing here guys. Uh, I've got somebody offer me $150 more than you guys are paying for this time slot. Can you match it? Or what can we do here? Kind of thing. Um, so anyway, a lot to think about there. There's a, there's a lot in there. You don't have to take every single gig. You shouldn't. I personally think you should start from the very beginning, blocking off a weekend for yourself. uh, Unlike I did. I, I really hurt myself psychologically and and financially frankly um by doing that so don't do it monday and tuesday at least off i would recommend and i'd say even monday tuesday wednesday Mm -hmm. um or at least charge a high rate on wednesday because think of that wednesday if you're booking that wednesday it's not just okay i'm booking a gig it's okay i am giving away my three-day weekend and trading in it for a two-day weekend for this Mm -hmm. is that now worth it when you think of it that way you know Okay, next point. This is exciting. This is a good one so far, I think. I, I agree. I'm
0: feeling it. Yeah, it's really good.
1: Okay. Uh, this is a big one that you see a lot of beginners do. Um, I did it a lot. Um, it's It comes from a misunderstanding of what your job sort of is. And this is, uh, we, we spoke about this in an earlier episode, that kind of like telescoping perspective thing. If you zoom in and out on what you're doing as a bar musician, you can see important aspects of it that you might not see if you are being myopic about your uh, your job what it is you do so one way to think of your job is you're just an entertainer you are there to entertain a crowd right a lot of these bar musicians beginners especially think I'm a musician and that's a great thing to identify yourself as I'm a musician also but when I'm there I'm not just a musician I'm a musician and I'm an entertainer so your job isn't just to stand there and play music the entire time. You see a lot of beginner bar musicians do this. They just get up there and they don't talk very much. They say maybe nothing. I've seen I've seen new musicians say nothing at all into a microphone. And just play. They just play and sing. Or they'll say just, this is a song by blah, 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 mm-hmm. and then play it. Um, or they'll say, you know, that was a song by blah, 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 and they'll play the next song, you know. Like that is not correct. It just you know it, uh, Pandora can do that. This is a, right. This is about as firm as I'm going to get. Dealing in absolutes like a Sith on this one. Do not do that. Don't sit, stand there and just play music the entire time. Oh man, I just said I was going to do it in absolute, and I thought of a <laughs> I thought of an exception to it. If that's the job, do that. There are jobs like that where you're just background music. You're in a hotel lobby yeah, and you're tinkling on piano, perhaps. right? Uh, even then you should say, Hey, thank you for being here. I'm so-and-so blah, blah, blah. Here's a blah, blah, blah. You know, just give them a little personality, especially if you got a tip jar out, let them know I'm a person. Um, but bar gigs for the most part, you're talking to the crowd. Um, there's a spectrum here. All this stuff is going to be on a spectrum. I do know of musicians who have lost gigs because the manager says, I don't like how much talking you do. You talk too much. You don't play enough. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of that uh, can I've be like, that. yeah. And some of that can be like inside jokes with the very front table. A lot of times you'll see that. Um, so this is the other end of the spectrum. If like a person is like, especially like if they start a song and then stop it and be like, oh, how about this front front table guys who I've been chatting with for an hour? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. And then start a song and then stop again to be like joke, joke, joke with the front table. There are people throughout an entire restaurant maybe who are sitting there hearing this like start and stop joke. They're not in on. Eighty percent of the restaurant might not like that. Yeah, I would not like that personally. Absolutely. I think. Um, so I've, i I know of people who have lost gigs because of that. Um, and didn't didn't feel like adjusting. They are kind of like this is my show and you know fuck you. And everybody's entitled to do that if you want. If you there were other issues I think with the gig. There was a you know, person didn't like other things about the gig. I don't want to get too far into that, but, um, anyway. You shouldn't play music the entire time. You should talk to the crowd. You should make friends. And yes, especially with the front tables, if they're engaged, engage with them. Don't neglect everybody else though. You know, you got to say, hey, thanks for being here. Welcome to whatever restaurant we're in. I really, and this is just canned stuff. This is like anybody can say this. This isn't even personality, which you should also add, but at the very least it should be, hey, thank you guys so much for being here. I'm so-and-so. I'm here X night at X time regularly. Please tip your bartenders and servers. They're working very hard. If it's season or whatever, especially this time of year, let them know that like something kind of special is happening. Something you know, just there's going to be probably multiple episodes about how to talk to crowds. It's a huge part of the job. It's like half of it, I would say maybe. Um, One question I have: When you're uh,
0: playing, uh, are you using your eyes to kind of communicate to the to the crowd as well to the tables?
1: Sometimes I find myself not looking at people very much. Okay. Um, you certainly don't want to be caught like staring at someone. Sure. That's always going to be weird. Um, if somebody's like really making noise at you like hey woo!" you can like look at them and kind of nod if if you're singing or you know of course say thank you You look at people and say you know it's just like normal a a lot of this stuff is just kind of like normal social be a normal nice person Yeah. talk to people look them in the eye for an appropriate amount of time and intensity when you're you're talking to them or when they're talking to you and it's just like and and, you know we'll, we'll probably do an episode about this because a lot of this stuff comes intuitively to people and a lot of this stuff does not come intuitively sure. to other people. So there are like kind of basic social, and if you if you're one of these like just socially intelligent people naturally, then maybe you could skip that episode. But we're, we'll have an episode where it's just like here are like things that people who aren't naturally gifted socially mess up commonly. Don't do these things. You know? mm-hmm. um, honestly, that could be a refresher for anybody. I, I'm gonna. I was gonna say. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my research it. on that. You yeah, don't 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 skip that one. Now. Um, but yeah, cool. Yeah. You shouldn't play music the entire time at a gig. Talking is a necessity. People tip other people. They don't tip jukeboxes with legs. Be and a person.
0: And as previously mentioned in episode two, that doesn't mean take more than two breaks, excessive breaks. Right. Yeah.
1: No, that's that. That's not a reference to breaks. There should be a, an appropriate number of breaks, which is. A, another system that we'll talk about flexible systems that your breaks and your set times and all that stuff is a, you should consider a flexible system that you can move around a little bit, but you should have, you know, rules that flex basically. Um And you can hear more about that chapter two. Right. We did talk and about we that.
0: Will, we will touch back on that again.
1: Indeed. All this stuff is going to get touched on very much because I love touching on it.
0: And that kind of helps segue into the next topic. And that is you don't have to memorize everything. This is a
1: big one. This, I, I I can attribute this. So it's a a lot of little changes recently. My, my, my earning power, basically, I'm going to go a little aside here. My earning power, I work about half as much. I make about twice as much. That's times two times two. That's a four X earning power boost that I've gotten. My taxes for 2021 are going to hurt. It's going to be like a big change for me because uh, I mean, it would have been that for 2020, but obviously COVID happened. And I was mm-hmm. stuck in my house for like five or six months or whatever it was. But So 20, 2020 is going to be a dismal tax return, but 2021 is going to hurt <laughs> tax-wise because I've, frankly, I've fucking crushed it this year. I'm absolutely crushing it this year, and it's been an upward trajectory from the beginning of 2020 up until March of 2020, obviously. It was like on its way here and then shut down. And honestly, that shutdown let me sit at home and tinker with what I was doing that had been working in January, February, and March mm-hmm. of 2020 and really reset everything from the very beginning. My whole schedule was yeah, exploded really for really months, you know, so it's totally gone. It and, uh, you know, I still have those contacts. I don't, I don't think I play at any of those gigs, though. I'm trying to think here. I don't think I play any of those gigs that I was playing in 2020. I have all brand new gigs. And... They're tailored in a way that I thought out on my couch for months. You know, I was doing, I was listening to all the self-help stuff and I was working on my thing and I was like, I'm going to squeeze as much fucking money in as little time as I possibly can out of this career that I've chosen, that I've been doing for five years now, you know, finally. And so sixth year, I, I want to say it's the sixth year. Um, I'm going to have like real grown up techs returns and real grown-up tax bill this is uh, that's another thing we'll get into later i don't want to go too far down this hill but uh taxes and stuff you're self-employed freelance worker uh you should not be self-employed actually you should have an s corp or an llc so that you avoid the self-employment tax um and maybe that's a florida tax specifically i'll uh, there'll be an episode about this don't worry but there are some things you need to do to make sure that you are uh not paying more tax than you need to and that you're you know you look legit uh, honestly even things like yeah make the checkout to to so and so inc it just looks better it sounds better people are like oh cool it's a company they take you the seriously. guy's like you got a real yeah You've put time he pays his it. taxes he pays his bills yeah. he, you know anyway uh <laughs> yeah man I went way off on a tangent before even touching this question or this uh things things I wish I'd known bullet you don't have to memorize everything, right? You you can use a chord chart app, and I've got a specific one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna we gotta talk to them and see if we can get some affiliate links, baby, because I really think all every single one of you should have this <clears throat> this particular app. Uh, it's it, it's the big one. It's the guitar chord. What's it called? It's like guitar chords. Honestly, it's like <clears throat> I showed up pretty early to the domain name party to get that one, but it's like I'll tell you <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what it is. At some point, we can get we can get into that later, but you don't have to memorize everything. It's well, kind of likes. like a, a point of, there's like a little bit of a point of pride here where people are like, some musicians will look at a bar musician with an iPad or a phone hooked to his stand and go, ugh, what a butthole or whatever, you know, like this guy's got a he's staring at his iPad. I hate cheating. it. He's cheating. Yeah. Bro, sister, friend, cheat, all right? Just
0: cheat because that's not, this is not about. Chances are that person's not going to tip you anyway. No,
1: they're not going to fucking tip you. I mean, they might. They might still. But, they might. But probably not. If somebody's gonna hate on you for something, just let them go fuck themselves. They were never gonna tip you anyway. Uh, they were gonna find something else to hate on you about. They were not gonna like your shoes or something.
0: Yeah. Chances are they moved on to the staff.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, you don't have to memorize everything. Get your phone hooked up there. I've got a little like squiggly, wiry. Phone holder thing that I hooked to my mic stand. I put my phone on there. I put my chord chart app on there. I have all my saved chord charts from when people request stuff. That's where the fucking money is, baby, and tips specifically. There's obviously the base pay aspect, but the tip money big time comes from requests, man. Even if you fuck it all the way up, sometimes it's better if you fuck it all the way up. Just be honest. People be like, oh man, this guy like didn't know how to do this and tried for me. Yeah. That's really cool. Here's 20 bucks, yeah. you know? And that happens 10 15 times in a in a 4 hour show let's say it's not 20 bucks on average but let's say it's 8 bucks on average times 20 i don't want to do that math 160 bucks i did it's it it's good it's 160 bucks in tips right there from just taking requests that you weren't getting before and that was a huge change for me in, in getting tips as i was like stop being a fucking snob i stopped being honestly i was being like weirdly a little cheap I, it's like 15 bucks a year or something and i was just like no i don't want to pay for that Stupid, like I like I know enough songs to get through a set, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so why pay fifteen bucks? But I was saying no to requests because I had, didn't have them memorized, you know. And there's a lot of stuff I don't even like. I don't want to listen to that. I'm not gonna fucking sit and memorize, you know. Dave Matthews Band, I'm not gonna listen to that yeah. enough to memorize it. Yeah. you know, I'm not gonna like sit down and memorize this fucking song I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, or pop country. Like I can fake my way through pop country now, and I make tips because of it. And I can fake my way through one Dave Matthews song. Please don't ask me to play Dave Matthews. It's my least favorite request. Please don't. But <laughs> I'll, I'll do. Uh, what is it? Crash into me, or crash, or whatever it is. Yeah, I think. That's and I'll the like. One. I'll bumble my way through it. I do like a C minus job of it. And I I tell people this is another opportunity to give yourself some personality to the crowd. Hey, you know I don't really do very much Dave Matthews. It's notoriously difficult to do. I got one song that I kind of fumbled my way through. I'm going to do this for you. As I've said before, I'm not above causing a train wreck for your entertainment, folks. Yeah. Here we go. This might be a train wreck. Hey, if you like train wrecks, listen up. This might be for you. You know, like, make a fucking joke out of it. Let them know you're a human. It's a great opportunity to let them know you're a human when you fumble through something and that you don't take yourself too seriously. Bro, I don't want to give somebody 10 bucks who thinks they're fucking better than me because they're playing in a bar. And maybe you don't think that, but if you look like that, they're not going to give you 10 bucks. Yeah. Don't look like that. Look like you're having fun. Look like you are self-deprecating. Look like you know you're a fucking bar musician and not you know fucking Jason Isbell or honestly even Jason Isbell's is humble as fuck. That's that's how you need to be. People they don't want arrogant. They don't want you to act like you're cooler than you are or even as cool as you are. Act like you're less cool than you are. Yeah. You know, be um, again, way off topic. I'm not playing Modestle Square. I'm again, way off topic. I guess I'm not it's, way off topic, but thing. you don't have to memorize everything. Fumble your way through stuff sometimes. Let the crowd know you're going to do it. Even even if nobody requests something, it can just be fun to say, "Here's a song I like that I've never actually played before." I'm going to pull up my chord chart, and this is my first time playing it, guys. So again, if you like train wrecks, listen up. This might be a train wreck, but Hop on. I like this one, yeah. But I like this one. I'm going to give it a shot, and uh, let's go, let's go. And it can be fun. It. So not just the tips from getting, from getting requests right, but you also you help your own mental state and your own excitement about the job by being able to to call audibles like this. That's a football reference. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big sports guy, but I love football and or I love a football analogies. Well, no, I love sports analogies in general. So we'll have a lot of those. But calling an audible, you know, you can do a last minute kind of change in decision-making and play a song you've never played before or play a song. You don't know that well. And it's fun, man. When you have to memorize everything, you'll memorize three or four hours exactly of music. And then you'll play through it. And then you'll go home and then you'll go to your next gig and then you'll play through it. Yeah. And then you'll go home and then you will go to your next gig and you'll learn a song once a week and it'll like slowly filter through and, up, oh, I stopped playing that one song. I kind of stopped liking. That's fine. And now I got another one. Oh, but, but they're wow, all going to be, fizzling. you're just, like, dragging this, your fucking set list through the fucking mud when you just put it on a wagon and carry it in wheels. All right. Oh, so, that sounds like a good song. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, we you know, multitasking. Is that pop country? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In a truck with a beer, a brand name beer, depending on what region of the country you're in.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, okay, so that's it. Dude, you don't have to memorize everything.
0: Use Core Chart app. Yeah, and we'll have the information for Core Chart app in the notes for the podcast. Yes. All
1: right, we got a few more things I wish I'd known. I got a lot of things I wish I'd known. Again, that's really the entire course is all things I wish I'd known. But.
0: Uh, let's address one thing things you wish you had known. Now, I know you don't currently or never you don't anymore drink on the job. But yeah. let's, for someone who does. I don't drink at all anymore, actually. What would disclosure. be the cutoff? Would you say, you know, for someone who likes to indulge yeah Uh, would you say one per hour one per gig that's an interesting question Um,
1: I would say I mean everybody's got kind of got different limits so again I'm not going to be a Sith here and deal in absolutes but
0: but optics too
1: optics too yeah I mean you certainly don't want to have like empties stacking up in your area that's a a bad look I have
0: experienced that
1: Um, you don't want like you don't want to look like you're having a personal party up there for sure you know so one beer up at a time Um, You know, like kind of try to even if it's kind of a shithole place, keep it a little classy. I like to try to be like in the top 20 percent of classiness in the Mm -hmm. place, you know, not that maybe not the most, because then you're again, kind of risking looking arrogant and snobby. But like you want to not be certainly in the bottom half of the how well you're dressed crowd in the bar. Yeah, you're there working. Um, You certainly don't you certainly do want to be in the bottom like quartile of drunkenness in the bar like you don't want to be anywhere near one of the more drunk people in the bar for sure you got a microphone you know you, and you want to be able to handle drunk people too and dr- drunk people are not good at handling drunk people usually we'll have
0: an episode on that
1: yep um about handling mm-hmm. unruly handling crowd, crowd members yeah. and there's so many flavors of unruly crowd member it's going to be a fun episode mm-hmm. that's that's a good one
0: yeah there's a lot of meat and potatoes coming <laughs> yeah that's a fun one
1: um man i had such a fucking ridiculous one the other day yeah go on to it all right well <laughs> uh all right um story time story time yeah so uh this woman comes out it's my thursday gig actually which as i mentioned is kind of on the chopping block a little bit because of you know, it'll make a four-day weekend and a three-day work week which is pretty compelling to me but anyway this woman comes into my thursday gig she had been there the f- prior week and uh there's, I I can give this, I can give this type of person actually like a, like a title. There's like a, it's so, it's common enough. I don't want to say so common, but this is common enough that there's like, there should be a name for it. And this is the, I'm going to call it the, I wish it was karaoke night lady. It's almost always a lady. Sometimes there's a guy, but it's like almost always a lady. Um, often it is a, like a, like a relatively good looking woman. Mm-hmm. I think there might be something to do with the, uh, I don't get told no very often by guys sure. thing. And, and maybe this is more specifically happening to male musicians. I'm not sure, but she comes up and she's like, Hey, I'm a singer. I'm like, okay, cool. I know exactly where this is going immediately. Um, can we sing one together? It's like, I, you know, and Frankly, I did not handle this one well. You can you can learn something from me here. You should really just say, "No, I'm sorry, I don't do that. I don't like to share the microphone or uh, if you really want to like lay it off on somebody else, parenthetically, this person is not going to tip you." Almost 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 positive this person is not going to tip you anyway. So th- this woman I let her sing a song into 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 my mic did a I mean, below average job. Not it wasn't terrible, it was not like a mess, but it was like you're clearly not good. This is not like it's not like you're a professional singer. Um, you don't know how to hold a mic, you're not getting like the right projection. I like it just doesn't sound right. It sounds like me playing chords while you like whisper into a mic because you're you're holding it a foot away. You're just like used to karaoke or whatever. Not a pro. Yeah. And, you know, doesn't doesn't even didn't even know the lyrics of this song she has to do with me. So what she's like up in my space, looking at my phone. It was a Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper song from, oh, which is not actually originally. Yeah, yes, that's it. Which is not actually originally. Of course, she thinks it's a Lady Gaga and Bradley yeah, Cooper it's song, but Barbara Streisand, right? I'm not sure, but she was in the original. I'm not sure, but uh, it's you know, not originally their song even. She just it just like it just like checks so many boxes of like a person who doesn't really care about music, just wants attention and. You know, not sound like a snob doesn't really care about music. I mean, you don't have to care about music, but you do have to care about music if you're going to come up and say, hey, I want to sing at your job. You're a professional musician. I'm going to interrupt you to sing, to ask you to sing. You should be a pro. Yeah. And these people almost never are. If they are, they're going to be shy about it or nice about it. Usually you probably know because you're probably about to be a pro or you are already and you're shy about it because you're like, no, no. Something about what the fuck is up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the Dunning Kruger effect a little bit. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically when you know like nothing about a topic, you think you're pretty good. When you know a tiny little bit, you're just getting started, you think you're great. You're like, man, I'm good at this. When you get to inter, so beginners, absolute beginners think, man, I'm fucking awesome, aren't I? But as you get to intermediate level of knowledge on something, you start to realize how much you don't know. So your confidence in how good you are goes way down. And so the Dunning Kruger effect basically states that absolute beginners are as confident as absolute experts and people who are intermediate are not confident. That's kind of how it works. It's like this, this U shaped curve of confidence and level of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So you'll see like absolute fucking unskilled beginners come up and say, Hey, I'm really good at singing. And they just don't know that they're bad. Yeah. Cause you the know? shower can't tell them. Right. Or the karaoke people, maybe they're the best karaoke person, but that does not tell you very much. Yeah. You know, or the second best or third best karaoke person, and they're still just not good enough to tell that there are two or three karaoke singers better in there than you know. Anyway, so this woman comes up to me, and I don't know why, but I was expecting a tip. I let her do all. I let her kind of walk all over me. Do not, do not let people walk on you like this. I'm a little too nice. One of my weaknesses. Something I'm working on. But I, I just let her do it, hoping for a tip. No tip. Oh, she spilt my club soda. I had a club soda next to me. And she like kicked it over and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, okay, I'm taking a break. We'll be right back. Sit tight. Play the break music. We're cleaning up the water. I'm so sorry. She tells me sorry about a thousand times. I'm like, you know how many sorries it takes to equal $1 in my tip jar? It's it's not a real number. It's infinite. It, it, you'll, never, you'll never make it. You just put some fucking money in my tip jar. Stop bothering me and go. I didn't say any of this, obviously. This is yep. all behind my smile. Yeah. Honestly, no, I wasn't even, I wasn't smiling. I was laying the body language on pretty thick here. That I wanted her to go away. Uh, anyway, she comes comes back after the break. She's like, "I guess we're not singing together anymore, huh?" And I'm like, "No, you know." And so you know, so the break break kind of finishes up. and She kind of comes comes back up to me. She's like, "So, are, are like, can I can I sing with you?" And I, I should have just said no. I'm sorry, you know. But I was like, I thought this would have sufficed for a no. Is why I said it. I was like, she goes, "Can I can I sing with you again?" I was like, "Do we have to?" I literally said that to her face. Do we have to? That should be as good as a no to a normal person, right? Mm. She goes, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay, cool. Like, take, took that as a yes. Do we have to? She took as a yes. What? Was she inebriated? Uh, not enough. Not enough to justify this behavior. Mm. But, anyway. Or she holds it extremely well. But, well, sort of well, I guess. Yeah. Um, In the slurring area, but not in the behavior area. Uh, Anyway, so it was just a fiasco, and she sang her song and left without without tipping me. <laughs> don't let that happen to you. Don't uh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you know you can. It's okay it, to say no. It's okay That's to say no. That's one scenario and, where you can say no. And it can help, especially for guys like me, if you're super nice. It can help to have pre-rehearsed no's for different situations, sure. which we can get into. But um, to have something like, uh, I'm sorry, the like for instance, one that I that I use pretty often, which I will use next time. I'm sorry. The restaurant doesn't let me let patrons on the mic. I just can't do it. Yeah. You know, make just it make someone sure else's fault. Make it someone else's fault. Oh yeah. Don't say this into the <laughs> mic. Say it to the mic. Here. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. You shouldn't like embarrass anybody. <laughs> you shouldn't like embarrass anybody on purpose. Um. I mean, unless, unless there's a really good reason for it. No. And sometimes there is. I've done it once or twice, but not. Not very, not very often. It is, mm-hmm. it's really kind of weirdly thrilling, though. It, 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 it's, it's an interesting part of this job because, okay, yes, there are some gigs that you'll get where you're like, man, this is a really good gig. I want to keep this gig. I love this. It's weekly. It pays well. It tips well. They serve me great food. I want to keep this gig. So there's, there are some going to be some of those, but there are also going to be gigs where you're like, I'm fucking barely here. I can take or leave this one, and if somebody gives you some real shit at one of those gigs, it can be okay to let it rip a little bit. Stand your ground. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I, I once had this woman, and, and it's gotta be really obvious that this person is being an asshole to, to like more than just you, you know? Like there should be some crowd Mm-hmm. support for this when the server stops. And yeah. There, at you. Sh- there should be some crowd support for this. It, it shouldn't just be like somebody who like annoys you a little bit by asking for Dave Matthews, right? <laughs> like it should be somebody who's heckling you and people will sometimes very rarely, but sometimes do that. Maybe this will vary with the area you're playing in, but in Southwest Florida, it's exceptionally rare. Um. Anyway, this, this woman was like, I, I was playing, she walked, she walked in, sat down at the table of four other, five other people and uh, she was a little drunk and uh, <laughs> it was clear that like the table had had a rough day, like the group had kind of had like, it looked like they'd been kind of arguing amongst themselves a little bit and like maybe weren't loving each other at, the, at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a weird energy coming from that table. And I was playing a slow song when they came in, which we could talk about that. That's kind of another systems thing. Uh, general rule of thumb, you should play two fast ones for every slow one. You don't want to be the slow guy. Um, for the most part, you're trying to live in another place. There are exceptions. I play in a country club where I just play basically background music the mm-hmm. whole time. But for the most part, especially if you're in a bar a lively scene, you want to keep it up-tempo, which is, again, where the uh, Chord Chart app will help you. You can pop in up-tempo songs like that. And uh, I had a tendency to... I, I love slow, sad songs. I'm a sad person deep down, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, I had a tendency to do that. usually
0: make you feel something.
1: Yeah, I had a tendency to do that. And, you know, people in bars, they want to have fun. So anyway, uh, I was playing a slow song. Here's a great example of somebody who just wanted to have fun. (laughs) And I got done. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go up tempo. That's something I say a lot. (laughs) Um, It's almost like a nervous tick at this point, but it's like, all right, we're going up tempo here. If if I played a really slow one, I'll say, all right, there's really only one direction to go from there. And that is up tempo. Here we go. Picking it up. Picking up the pace. I'll say it like almost every time I pick up the pace because I kind of. I don't know. It's a bit of a nervous tick. I like just saying things when I have a canned line. It reminds people again that I'm a person. But here we go. Boom. And you might On the road again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, you know, pick pick up the tempo. But I said, okay, I'm picking up the tempo and this woman loudly goes, she's been here for one song. She loudly goes, thank you. And I'm like, okay, this is not going well so far. We're zero for one in interactions with this lady. And I like, kind of give her a look like, you know that's rude look, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So I play the, play the song and she didn't know it, I guess, which upset her somehow. She wanted to have sing-alongs. um, And she's like, what else do you know? What are you going to play next? Which is just the fucking most annoying. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm not going to just going to not play. I'm not going to leave you in the dark for five, ten minutes. I'm going to play another song very soon here, all right? Sit tight and you're about to fucking find out, you stupid idiot, all right? <laughs> um, never say that, but I, I say a variation of that, a very stripped-down variation. I say, well, you're about to find out. Because I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear what are you playing next every every song. Sure. Right? That's not like a thing you say to a musician. If you're an audience member, don't fucking do that. Don't do that. If you have a request, go up and say, hey, can I make a request? And then make a request. And yeah, then and tip the you've musician. have done that,
0: shame on you. Yeah, don't do
1: that. Anyway, so she does this thing. So now we're 0 for 2. Um, and I'm like, I haven't decided yet. I'm going to do an up-tempo song. Here we go. I'll do, I'll do another up-tempo song. You're know, kind of like. We're like, we're
0: reconfirming. We're, we're reconfirming. We're
1: doing it's like, don't worry, asshole. <laughs> I'm going to play an up-tempo song for you. Um, So I do. And she's like, not happy about that one. And now she's just like, I don't like she's basically just like, I don't like any of this. Like, what are you doing? Kind of thing. Like, really just like. Now she's being directly confrontational. And, and the how, people
0: how are her family
1: Oh, they're like they're I like actually. just like shaking their head, holding their heads, they're like trying to act like they're not there. And in a flash of brilliance, I had the I had this line and I was just like, I'm just gonna like hit this woman hard right now. And I was like, Are you always like this? Like what is going on with you? Are you just having like a terrible day? And it's like kinda and I she like is looking dumbfounded because she's expecting to shit on a waiter, basically. Mm-hmm um instead of being embarrassed on a microphone in front of a crowd I'm like lady you just picked the wrong dude my job is to talk on a microphone in front of a crowd you're not going to win this one right and this is where being prepared a little bit can have can help anyway i i didn't even let her respond she's looking dumbfounded i changed the direction to the five four people that she's sitting with and i'm like is she cuz they they look like they're already on my side they're like embarrassed sure but by, by this lady and i'm like so I asked her, I'm like, are you always like this? What's up? Like, what's going on with you? And not like totally angry or mean. I was like almost concerned, you know? Sure. And then I, so, you know, what's up with you? Are you always like this? I turned to her friends and I go, is she always like this? Like, what is going on here? Do you need me to help you guys? Like, blink twice if you need me to intervene here. What's going on at this table, you know? And people are laughing. People had like looked over at this lady because she's like being an idiot. Yeah, you, you know? put it on the spotlight. And uh, she just, She you know, put it on herself. She did not speak anymore after that. And she didn't, she didn't say anything to anybody. No manager was called. And if they had been, I'd have had a story for them. I'd be like, look, this lady was acting a fool. Mm-hmm. You know? So, anyway. You don't have to memorize everything. Use the
0: court chart app. <laughs> That's <is> the
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back. Yeah. Um, okay, man. This is the next one's a big one. This is a very big one. It is a big one, but it's also probably the easiest one, I think. Well, it depends on the type of person you are, but... Purchasing the right equipment is important. I went through, the very first thing I did was buy the exact wrong equipment. And I asked a person, what I had done was I had just trusted a person who I thought knew what they were talking about. It was like an audio guy and he was just, I think part of what happened was he was just an older audio guy. You know, so he was kind of like in a bygone era a little bit where Mm -hmm. the best stuff was a certain type of setup. And like the stuff I have now, he thought of as like, maybe new technology that's untested, but really it's tested. It works. Cutting edge. Um, yeah. Um, and also partly his job isn't like mine. He's not setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down seven times a week and needs it to work every time. Needs it to maybe get a little wet sometimes and still work. Needs it to get thrown in the back of a car and sometimes maybe jostled around a little bit and still work. Um, and really it was just big. It was big bulky stuff this guy recommended. What What he recommended, I'll be specific here, he recommended unpowered speakers. These big, huge, unpowered speakers, which I still have and never use. I, I did get some use out of them, but like it wouldn't have been nearly as good as what I what I have now. Mm-hmm. These big unpowered speakers. And then you gotta buy a mixer, of course. You should you have to have a mixer anyway. Um and a power supply. And I forget if it's one other thing. I think just a power just, just a power supply. Oh no, and I think also maybe a power conditioner. Like there's some parts that you need to get um passive speakers to work you need a power supply and like yes like for audio files and stuff this type of thing is like it is going to sound the best I think I'm not an audio file type person but like you need all these parts you need like passive speakers and you need a power supply that's like really nice and you need a power conditioner so like noise doesn't get through or so you don't get surges or whatever it's like this whole like thing that takes time setting up and is big those speakers were big I have one powered speaker now by QSC. I will always recommend QSC. They are the absolute best. I had a piece of equipment break on me, which is extremely uncommon for them. Uh, and it happened after years. And I was like, hey, I had this piece of equipment break on me. And they're like, what's your address? And they sent me another one. I yep. still, I still have the broken yep. ones sitting in my, sitting yep. my house. I and remember it, that. Yeah. It's just like, it's just the best. And it's like life, Let's like lifetime gear. And it sounds amazing. And it's small. And it's powerful. I've got like a little ten inch QSC one QSC, and I've never needed more at a, at a solo game. Yeah, gate, don't fall ever.
0: for the big bow stick. I've yeah, s- I've seen that. It, it's ex- it's truly expensive coming really? off the gate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really know very much about it. I see people use it and they sound good. They well, sound they better than I. They all sound better than I expect them to sound. But they're also I don't know. I guess they break in half, so they kind of break down into yeah. smaller size. Yeah, okay.
0: They do. The totem. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I don't know very much about that. I think Pricey. it kind of. I think it kind of looks dumb also. Like, it kind of looks dorky to me. Buying the name. You know? Anyway. No, I've, um, I've I recommend QSC. Yeah, it's, it's it, a great setup. It looks like I know what I'm doing. If Especially I've, for I've a had, one-man show. Yeah, people say that when they know what they're looking at. They go, looks like you know what you're
0: doing here. And I'm like, yes, I do. I've been doing this for quite a while. Yeah, and you want people to say that.
1: Uh, if they know what they're talking about, you want people, you know, if other musicians see you, you would love to have musicians coming up to you saying either you sound great or your setup looks great or anything like
0: that, yeah, you know? Good optics.
1: Um, Yeah, purchase the right equipment. Just do it. We'll have a whole episode about that for sure, and there'll be other options. I'm going to talk to other local musicians who use different things. Maybe I'll talk to somebody who uses the bow stick. I know a lot of people swear by that, but um, I'm going to give you my setup for sure on a on a future episode, and it'll also be in the quick start guide, uh, which we have not talked about probably yet. Yep. Um, yeah, we will.
0: And not not knocking the stick, just saying out of the gate, it's pretty expensive to start with.
1: Yeah, and you know QSC isn't exactly cheap either, but it's something that's going to last you your whole fucking life, mm-hmm. and they're going to replace it. Uh, the the ten inch speaker I got is like I think s- five hundred fifty or something, so it's not cheap, but it's I mean it's better than spending three hundred dollars three times, you know. Absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get into more nuts and bolts about that, but it is important that you yeah, purchase people, the right equipment to start there, with. That'll it'll save you thousands of bucks to not have to do what I did. Um, okay, I think we're to the last things I wish I'd known bullet point.
0: We are indeed.
1: Um, and this also is related to you don't have to take every gig and which is also related to this is in fact possible and you can make it a full-time job if you want. Um, the point is that you should be increasing your rates earlier than you think and you should push your rate ceiling not rate ceiling uh, rate floor really your ceiling should be you should not have a ceiling <laughs> you should whatever somebody's willing to pay you you should take and you should be upping your rates until a ceiling naturally emerges or hopefully it doesn't um yeah you should i mean it will but <laughs> hopefully it doesn't uh in in a magical limitless resources type of world anyway uh, you should increase your rates as early as you possibly can, earlier than you think you should probably. So get your schedule not even all the way filled up. I mean, once you have your schedule filled up, you are already later than I think you should have increased your rates. That doesn't mean you're you're doing something totally wrong. Relax. But if your schedule's full up, you should be increasing rates now.
0: Does it make sense to start increasing rates on weekday events prior to weekend events, so you don't chance losing a, a good a good evening, and then you could, for instance, I like, that's an interesting say- question. Let's say you, yeah. you're playing a Wednesday, you get the Wednesday booked up and you increase the rate on the Wednesday night and now you can use that as ammunition to increase Saturday night and say, hey, I'm these I've increased my mm-hmm. rates at these gigs and this is my new floor. Like, how would you handle a situation like that? Yeah, that's an interesting. What's the best approach? That's an interesting question, because there, on the one hand, there are
1: kind of two main ideas that immediately emerge in my mind about this. It makes sense. Like, let's take our hypothetical schedule of Monday, Tuesday off. Wednesday through Sunday is your work schedule. Um, If you got just one Wednesday gig, there's one gig, weekly gig, standing between you and a three-day weekend every week. And not even a weekend, but time to do back office stuff and time to get your mental health in order, which is part of this career, super important part of this career. Time to
0: practice new material practice
1: new material time to write new stuff if you're a writer I'm an original artist that's what I my end game is with this I'm just trying to make money right now and not be a banker and not do something that's like gonna totally take me out of my my music zone so uh, and you know something that also you to give back
0: uh yeah how do you mean well, you're giving back to the music industry we're, we're helping musicians kind of fast track into making this a full time career
1: yeah yeah yeah, I mean, Sounds I'm trying to make some money, baby. I don't give a shit about you folks. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, True mercenary. I'm just kidding. But, uh, I mean, obviously money is great. I'm trying to make money as quick as I can so that I can do stuff that really matters to me. That's what this is about here is trying to make money in as little time as possible so I can spend my life, my limited time on Earth doing stuff I care about and that might matter. Maybe not in the you know big universe picture, but, you know, in the world. Make music that people love. That's what I want to do. Um. Anyway, now I'm um, again, way off topic. Chad, you no, got to, you, you got to rein me in, bro. <laughs> okay. So yeah, increase your rates earlier than, than you think. Push your rates. Ceiling. The question was, uh, do you, do you try to hit your Wednesday gig or one of these kind of off peak gigs? Or do you try to hit your Saturday gig? So the two ideas here are your Saturday gig. If your rates are flat across the board, like let's say you're booked everything at 200 bucks for three hour gigs. And they're all, you know, by kind of, one of my prior floors was fifty bucks an hour plus fifty, basically, mm-hmm. where it's like a four-hour gig is two fifty, a three-hour gig is two hundred. Was like my 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 sort of secondary floor. After I got out of the fifty bucks an hour thing, I just tacked fifty bucks on for like a showing up setup fee or whatever. Sure, you know. So two hundred for three hours. Let's say that's your that's your gig, all across the board. Your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's just say you got one gig a week. They're all two hundred bucks for three hours. On the one hand, your Saturday night is probably a better gig. Your tips are probably better. There's probably more foot traffic in there although you ne- you never know. Sometimes Wednesday nights are just a good night for a place. Um maybe they have an industry night like you mentioned, Chad.
0: Um oh, generally it's hump day, so people are mid sure. midweek trying to get
1: trying to get a little, little cockpit, buzz on in the middle of night. in the middle of the week, sure. Um but let's say, you know, if your Saturday gig is a lot better, then the venue is maybe more likely to say, "Okay, 250 for 3 hours or 225 for 3 hours." That's fine. Mm-hmm. We're crushing it. You're doing a great job, you know. And maybe the Wednesday gig is more likely to say, I don't know, man, I was barely going to do music on Wednesday anyway. Never mind, you know, or or I can't do it. I'm probably the worst that's going to happen. They're probably not going to fire you for asking for a raise. Probably the worst that's going to happen is they'll say, no, I can't. Um, Very unlikely. They might come back and say, honestly, it's been going so poorly that I was going to give you a twenty five dollar pay cut. Now that you bring it up, (laughs) you know that I I think I've actually had that happen to me once. I've been doing this a while have interacted with a lot of people. Uh, but that's, you know, uncommon. They're probably just, if, if they're going to say no, they're going to say no and not fire you probably. If they're going to say yes, they're going to say yes. So there's kind of, the, the reason I say do this earlier than you think is it's mostly upside. There's very little downside to asking for a raise if you do it confidently and you actually, actually have value. Uh, you might get it or you might not and then, at least you, you tried. At least you tried, and you know a little bit more about where you're at with the yeah. management too. You yeah. Know?
0: And you've actually handled
1: a conversation you know what, like you, that. You know what they think you're worth. Yeah. And you've got experience handling more conversations like that. So, I think my go-to recommendation would be do that to your Wednesday, um, and take that three-day yep. thing. You know, if they if they don't want to do it, and if you're willing to lose the gig over the pay raise, you have a little more leverage. But if you're not, then that's fine. You just keep the Wednesday. You can keep it at your rate. But if you're willing to lose it, I mean, then you got even more leverage. You're like, look. Um and you can I, I don't want to advocate lying, but you can pad the truth a little bit and say, like, look, my rates are going up. I'm getting this rate in other places, so I kinda need a raise or I or this gig isn't worth it to me anymore, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um yeah, bluff. If you're if you're willing to lose the gig, then you could say it that way. Um and use that leverage and maybe lose the gig. But if you're not, then say, hey, I've got. I'm. I'm. I'm upping my rates. What would you think about this? Mm-hmm. Can you do it? And a lot of times, it's a manager who's not actually pulling the money out of their pocket. Hundred percent. So they'll, if they like you, they'll advocate for you and say, "This guy's doing really good. He asked for a raise. Let's do it." And which is another like, reason... cool. It's working. Cool. Here's 25 bucks extra a week. Fine.
0: Yeah. Which is another reason to build rapport with the managers and the so staff. many reasons to build rapport with managers and staff. But that's
1: a, one of the big ones for yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah, go for uh, go for pay raises. Uh, you know, early, especially if you got a gig you fucking hate. Ask for more money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. All right, well, let's recap. Okay. Things I wish I'd known was the topic today. We had, I believe, six of them. First one, this is in fact possible, and you can become a full-time musician. It's not, it doesn't take huge amounts of luck. It doesn't take huge amounts of talent and skill, even. It takes skill, but it doesn't take huge amounts of talent. Mm-hmm. Um if you just want to do part-time, that's great, too. That's even easier, baby. You know? Yeah. Keep the pressure low. But you do,
0: you do need to be dedicated.
1: You need to be dedicated. It's not like climbing Everest. It's like climbing a giant hill. It's something anybody can do, mm-hmm. really, if you're dedicated to it and you know that you have your eyes open and you know that you're climbing a hill. I mean, if you can't see it, then you kind of will yeah. wander. You know, I climbed the hill. I'm still climbing a hill. But I zigzagged up the hill and in a lot of ways. I'm gonna give you now. a straight a little straighter path here. Yeah. So I love metaphors, you know. It's a hiking metaphor, that counts as a sports metaphor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay. So yeah, point one, this is in fact possible. You can do it. Just get dedicated to it. Chat with us, listen to me, get our quick start guide, uh, which we'll have some announcements for about, I think, plugged yeah, into this. Yeah.
0: Very exciting. Uh, material coming out here soon. Yeah, we got a
1: quick start guide, so go check that out. Email us, uh, chat with us. We want to know where you are and what you're doing. I'm in the middle of recapping these six points and I've just done one. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> Okay. so point number two. You don't have to, nor should you, take every gig. And this is going to be on a sliding scale, of course. In the very beginning, you have zero gigs. Maybe you do just take any gig that comes along. Somebody's like, 100 bucks for four hours. Sure, I'll get some experience. I'll make a little bit of money. I'll see what this is like. See if I even like this. Maybe you go play a gig and you fucking
0: hate it. Well, and it's a good idea. This wouldn't be worth five hundred bucks. I hate it. Try different types of gigs. Try country clubs. Try bars. Try you know. um, Yeah, there will be slightly different
1: approaches for all those things, but
0: diversify your musical portfolio. Portfolio.
1: Portfolio. 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 I'll put that in the notes too. Yes. The correct pronunciation of portfolio.
0: Remember not to play music the entire time at the gig. Yes. Doesn't mean take excessive breaks that doesn't
1: mean take a million breaks it means but engage the audience that's right uh and you can do this too much it's possible i mean imagine somebody getting up there with a guitar and never touching it and just talking the whole time mm-hmm. unless they were fucking hilarious maybe they are maybe it's a stand-up routine and the guitar is a prop just they just don't touch yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that'd be hilarious you get up there with a the guitar and you're like hello i'm a comedian and you just stand there with a the guitar and it never gets even plugged in uh-huh. anyway um but yeah that could work if your, your job on one level with the telescope telescoping perspective is just to entertain. If, if I can get up there and do a carrot top routine and people would come in and be like, Oh, this guy does a carrot top routine. Let's sit and order double the drinks and food. We would have ordered. Yeah, like doing and let's piano. come in and bring our friends in next yeah. week. He's doing a carrot top routine. I love it. Like if you could do that, if I can go up and recite the ABCs backwards and people loved it and came in,
0: I'd have work. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually, uh, Back in the heyday when I was managing some of the bars downtown, I had a gentleman who wanted to play piano, and he was part of a dueling pianist uh, duo that would play down in the college bars. But he wanted to separate himself on the weekends and play kind of more upscale but keep the vulgar language. So we're like, okay, well, let's give it a try. So we brought him out to the roof bar and we put him up there. And he played um, – he, he was a phenomenal pianist, but he had some of the funniest – funniest uh, – jokes but just banter that he would just play and just spill on top of his um, top of his music and and p- people paid big money for it he drew a crowd and we as the staff really enjoyed it we looked forward to coming to work those nights because we knew we were in for a surprise
1: an entertaining guy he's not like i'm gonna sit here and play classical music the whole time even though i can yeah He's gonna. I'm going to engage the audience, I'm going to talk to people, I'm going to be nice and funny and people are going to love me and they're just going to throw money at me because they love me. People tip people they like. They don't tip people they don't like. Uh, So yes, you should not play music the entire time. You're not a jukebox with legs. You're an entertainer on some level. You're also a musician. You're also a business owner. You're all of these things, but do that telescoping perspective thing and realize you're an entertainer. Don't just play music the whole time. Be entertaining. Talking is an absolute necessity. Talking to the audience, engaging, absolutely necessary if you want tips, which you do. Absolutely. Uh, okay, point number four. This is a good one. Man, we're good at this, dude. These are mm-hmm. good points. You don't have to memorize everything. Use a chord chart app. Uh, we'll link to the notes yep. of the the app that I use. Um, hopefully an affiliate link so we can be real mercenaries about this and make some we'll money about it. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um So yeah, check out that chart app. It's like 15 bucks a year, I think. I mean, maybe we can get you a deal even. I don't know. We'll we'll talk to those guys and see Mm -hmm. what happens. Um, Use the chart app. It's great. There are kind of two big benefits of it. One is you get to fulfill requests and that will make you more tips. The other is it will keep your job more interesting and fun. You can do stuff you don't totally have memorized yet and feel you can learn stuff on the fly. Um, I will say this one thing about that. When I first got it, I was like, Oh, cool. I'm going to like learn songs as I go. And as I lo- as I get a song memorized here while reading the chord chart app, then I'll just have it memorized and I'll, I'll like slowly memorize songs this way. That kind of works with very simple songs. Like, uh, Three Little Birds, for instance, is one I started on the chord chart app and have memorized now because it's just simple as anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, um, In general, it acts almost like your phone saving phone numbers. It's just like, okay, this is in my phone, so I don't have to use my mind anymore to memorize phone numbers. I just have this saved on my phone. So it can be a bit of a crutch. It can make you, like, not learn new stuff, really learn it, and Mm -hmm. just, like, know it well enough to read the chord chart app and do a good job on it. I have a lot like that, you know. Um, So, you know, kind of try to find the balance there and don't expect it to be like, oh, cool, I'm just going to have these songs memorized within a couple months of starting them.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway. It's, it's great, but it's not perfect. You A know? bit of a crutch in a way. Um, okay, point number five of six. Purchasing the right equipment. This is a crucial one. Very crucial. Not really too much to say about this. There'll be a whole episode about my setup and some alternate setups that I will uh, talk to other local musicians about. I'll vet the stuff that they're saying and make sure it's good and I agree with it and kind of give you give you an idea. I think another good idea, too, would be to give you like a... And this This will be part of the quick start guide, actually. Um, give you like a different budgets like your your quick start quick start here's how you can do this for 350 bucks in and out which and know that the gear that we're going to
0: recommend is going to go the distance we're not going to pick out some shit gear
1: yeah well not for 350 honestly it'll be it'll be cheap but uh, there'll be there'll be higher tiers I would say probably a thousand bucks would be what I would spend Mm -hmm. Um, you want a nice guitar you want a nice speaker that stuff's going to be 800 800 if you want really good stuff. Um, But, you know, I'll give you, I want to give you different price tiers so you can hop right in and hopefully some of this stuff you already have and use, yeah, you know, used stuff can can be good. Go
0: through the major, major companies with used and get some warranties on Mm -hmm, them. mm I actually just did that for a speaker.
1: Yep, very good. Excellent. And I mean, you know, stuff like this QSC thing, yeah. Get a used thing. I mean, these things, they just don't fucking break. I could drop it, mm-hmm. drop it off the roof of my house. Well, and it's easy to transport. Leave it in the rain and bring it to a gig and it'd work, probably. It's
0: got a huge handle in the back, right? Big handle in the yeah. back.
1: It's like so portable. You can hold it with one hand. It's just the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, ooh, I've actually, speaking of handles, I've got a, an extra little piece of advice, a bonus thing I wish I'd known, which is, you're going to think I'm stupid if you're already doing this, but... I just recently, like in this last year, finally got a cart, a hand cart, Mm -hmm. folding hand cart. Mm -hmm. Just do that immediately. Just do that right now. In fact, just pause this episode and order yourself a hand cart. Well, hold off because we might (laughs) actually
0: have some special mercenary method and mercenary musician uh, merch that might be available. Mercenary musician merch. I like the sound of that. We're working on possibly getting... uh, some equipment kits put together so hold off yes
1: yeah I mean we I'm thinking about putting together yeah like an equipment kit even even a speaker mixer all that stuff and say like here you want to get the whole thing all kitted together through us yeah tack an extra 30 bucks on the top of it for compiling all this gear for you and I'm not gonna ever lie to you about what we're charging you yeah and I confirm. put a little bit little baby tax on there or whatever it is and I'm not saying it's gonna be 30 we'll let you know what it is when it is but you know some, some stuff like stuff like to. that. Yeah, we'll we'll try to try to keep this as all inclusive as possible and get you really hooked up and not have to have you searching all over the fucking internet for information that we can just get all in one place and get you going up on a straight path up this fucking hill.
0: You know, and if you're already out there and you're gigging and you've got some equipment that you think it's been with you since the beginning or it's gone the distance, you know, let us know in the notes below.
1: Please do. I'd love to hear about that. And you know, again, if you have equipment that you really love, don't like get rid of it. Yeah. To use my stuff, my suggestions. I mean, I probably don't have to tell you that, but if you got equipment you really love and it sounds good... Yeah, teach his own. Keep using it, yeah.
0: Um. And then lastly, this also is a very big one. These are all staple points. These are good ones. We did, we did a good
1: episode, Chad. This is good. Yep. All right. Uh. Yeah, the final point here, the last thing I wish I'd known was to increase my, REITs, my rates earlier than I did and earlier than you probably think you should. Push your rate floor up at every opportunity and don't let it slide back down very much on you again flexible systems you want to have that little bouncy trampoline trampoline floor for gigs that are like hey it's just below your floor rate but the tips are insane and we're going to feed you filet mignon every night okay
0: you know and keep in mind no doesn't mean no forever it just means not now
1: that is that is
0: true yeah
1: um yeah, we got a uh, we got a lot to lot to talk about here. I'm, I'm getting really excited about this episode three, and we got. I'm not running out of ideas here.
0: Yeah, there's like a lot to, to flow.
1: A lot to talk about here. It's super fun. I
0: mean, keep in mind, you know, this, we're new to the podcasting world as well. So as we familiarize ourselves with this and get more comfortable with it, no, you're really in for a real show.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it. We're gonna we're gonna have a, a good time here. We're gonna
0: make some fucking money, baby. You guys Woo! are too. All right, so if you enjoyed what you heard here, drop us a like and subscribe weekly podcast drop and uh if you haven't caught up on episode two and the first episode i suggest you go back and check it out and see us next week thanks again guys thank you very much